Football systems check. Microphone. Check. Record enabled. Kate. Check. Michelle. Check. All systems go. I repeat, all systems go. We got a problem. We got a Copy. We have ball blast. I repeat, we have ball blast. Liftoff. We have a liftoff. Welcome to the Ball Blast Podcast. Here to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. Now, here are your hosts, Kay Majuk, Michelle Majuk, and Jake Trowbridge. Hey, hey. Welcome into the Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast, where it's our goal to help you get ballsy and win your fantasy football leagues. I'm your host, Michelle. You can find me on Twitter at Ball Blastem, Ball Blast E-M. And I'm Kate. You can follow me at FF Ball Blast. And Jake isn't here today. No, he's not. You're stuck with us today. I Sorry. know you're sad. He's the fun one. You know, he's the fun uncle here, but he's not here. But we are going to talk about rookies. Rookies. Yeah. Right? And you don't need Jake's information on that, right? No, actually, we would love it, but he will be back next week, so don't worry. But this week, you got us. We're going to talk all about this 2022 draft class, our favorite prospects in it, what we're going to be looking forward to during the draft and seeing where these guys land. It's going to be a fun episode. Uh, Hopefully, we will inform you some, you know, give you some good information on these guys so you know who to look forward to. When you're watching on Thursday and Friday, it should be a blast. A ball blast. A ball blast. I know. Hey, I, every time I say blast, I, yeah. I, I feel like people think I say it because of ball blast. And I'm like, I swear, I just that's just a word I use. Got him. Yeah. Let's get into news notes. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. Breaking news. So we had a big... Big news break this week, right? Dun, dun, dun. Debo Samuel has requested a trade. Now, it, it feels like when we're hearing everything coming up from the 49ers side, after this news has been out for a bit, it feels like they have no desire to trade him, right? Maybe it's all team speak where they're trying to up his trade um, value and trying to get more. They can't be like, yeah, we're looking to trade him. Like, obviously, they have to talk this way, but it really sounds like they have no desire to give away Debo Samuel. John Lynch, as of today, Monday, April 25th, stated that, you know, he can't envision the 49ers actually trading him, actually letting him go. Um, We'll see what happens, you know, if a team comes with a great trade offer. But then at the same time, Debo Samuel is out there making it pretty clear he does not want to play in San Francisco whatsoever. Yeah, like very, very much does not want to play in San Francisco, which is like... Kind of surprising, but when we look at his usage, the way that they used him in so dif- so many different ways, he wants to be compensated for that usage and compensated for that wear and tear that he might get, you know, when working out of the backfield. He wants to be paid uh, like one of the top wide receivers in the league, which he is. And I, it seems like the 49ers and him just aren't on the same page. There was a video of Debo Samuel at a bar. I don't know where this bar was, but somebody was carrying around a sign that said Debo Samuel will stay with the 49ers or something along those lines. And if you watched in the background, you could see Debo Samuel doing that little like cutting motion across his like his throat, like being like, nah. Nah. Yeah. Like, it, he seems like he's kind of done with the situation. Well, uh, apparently, he doesn't want to play in California, which... Taxes? I guess. I don't know. Just odd. Uh, the, I mean, most places you're going to play... Who doesn't have the state, bay? State taxes. I know. He wants to go live in Miami, which... A good, a good... I don't... I don't understand how you can like Miami more than California, but... For, we lived in each, South Florida, not... <laughs> to each their own... Uh, I don't know where I land here with Devo because I think uh, he, you know, it's going to be a tricky little situation if the 49ers don't agree to trade him. And I don't know if he holds out or holds in, I guess, where he plays. So he gets, you know, he starts to play the offseason. So he gets his money, but then he gets a little back 
back issue. You can't really tell him, you're, you know, you're lying about this back issue. A la Alan Robinson. And Jalen Ramsey. I mean, it happens all the time. So people saying Debo Samuel has no leverage. Yes, he does. Because he's going to get paid to have a back injury, basically. Or maybe a little hammy. Maybe a little foot issue. Like, he's going to come up with something. Maybe some migraines. Like, it can be anything. And he's not going to play without his money. Or if he doesn't want to be there at all, he's just not going to play. So I do think the player has leverage, not the team. We'll see how it plays out. I do think for fantasy, the 49ers are the best spot for him. I mean, it seems like at this point, the Jets would be the most logical place for you know a team that wants him and a team that's willing to pay a wide receiver and they have draft capital uh, i think that would hurt his fantasy value a tad bit a tad bit yes but like very interesting trade propositions too floating around the twitterverse there's uh questions about whether or not the jets would send elijah moore for Elijah Moore plus like Elijah a Moore first plus rounder the first and a second rounder. But why? Yeah, that makes no sense. It, it makes no sense because you're looking to add assets around Zach Wilson, not trade an asset that like I, I don't even think has nearly hit his like peak trajectory here in the NFL. Like why would you trade Elijah Moore before you've even seen what he can be at the NFL level? Just doesn't make sense. No, I agree. We'll see what happens here. Maybe draft night will be extra fun if a Debo Samuel trade goes down. But this season has been crazy so far. Uh, on to another wide receiver that might be looking at getting traded. It could be Kadarius Toney, the Giants' first-round pick just last year. It, it's been kind of a weird week with news around him. You know, they started off the voluntary camp, and head coach Brian Dable said that Tony hasn't shown up he hasn't been at practice didn't even have the playbook didn't even have the playbook that was a big thing he hasn't received the playbook yet now that was on april 20th um and then there was news that came out that the giants might be looking to trade him which is pretty wild after just one season and then all of a sudden today he's at camp he's at voluntary camp and he's there practicing so maybe he realized oh shoot maybe i should you know do something I have to wonder if his agent like gave him a spanking and said, like, go to work, dude. But Michelle, I just want to point out that I pointed out last year on this very podcast, no idea what episode, no idea why we're talking so uh, passionately about Kadarius Tony. But I said that this is the concern with Kadarius Tony is you don't know what you're getting from him from a work perspective. It seems like there are plenty of questions from a character perspective. I mean, I don't know what changes Brian Dable is going to bring to this organization as a whole. But, I mean, if if you are looking for an organization to shape him into a a fine young gentleman with, like, strapping work ethic, I don't think this organization was, like, the, the right fit for him in year one. Send him to Bill Belichick. Like, Bill Belichick has to be, like, the, I don't know, what's it called? Boot camp? The for... worst coach for wide receivers? Yeah. No, I hope... No, but just, like, all of these guys, like, got a little attitude. Just send him to Bill. And Bill, smack him around a little bit. And I think Tony needs to just stay with the Giants. Hopefully it all works out. I am, I, I believe in his talent a ton, but I am a little bit worried about his character over this last year. It's been a little rough. It's his just body, always something. He had about him. like five different injuries across all of his, throughout all of his body last year. Um, COVID twice. COVID twice. So clearly wasn't following protocols to do it twice in a matter of six months. It's a little hard to do or a matter of four months. It's kind of hard to obtain, but he did it. And we'll, we'll see how this, the rest of the off season plays out for him. And we'll go from there. But I I don't see him getting traded. He was a first-round pick last year, and I don't think anyone's willing to give up a first and probably not even a second for him. So why would the Giants do that? Now, getting into the draft. It is Monday right now when we're recording. You won't be listening until at least Tuesday. So that means you're only two sleeps away. Two sleeps. From the NFL draft. I don't Maybe know if one. you love it as much as me, but it is a blast. And... We make some delicious food, some buffalo wing dip, some pizza, and just have a great time. I've proposed we get Pizza Hut the night of the draft. Kate loves Pizza Hut. Love Pizza Hut. Oh my god! It's I'm like if we could get a sponsorship 
Ball Blast, sponsored by Pizza Hut. How great does that sound? That sounds pretty sick. Sounds Pizza beautiful. Pizza Hut and White Claw, that's what we need to be sponsored by. Any champagne company looking for a mimosa Andre? deal? Andre? Um, yes, I am a huge Andre fan. I, I like I like the value. It, it, definitely Andre. Andre is like the best sleeper champagne. It is. Now... We might not be hearing these two guys' names, but we're going to jump on day one, but we're going to jump into them first, right? It's the running backs. It's the top two running backs in this draft class. I don't know if a running back will go on Thursday night in the first round. We might go a whole first round with no running backs hearing their name called. But if a running back is going to hear their name called on day one, it will be one of these two guys. Specifically, I think it might be Brees Hall. But there's been a lot of discussion on the Twitter sphere lately of Brees Hall versus Kenneth Walker, right? Which one is more talented? Which one will be better for fantasy? You know, people who love Kenneth Walker feel very passionate about it. And people who do not are very, have a lot of hatred almost for him for a specific reason. You mean people who are not fans of Kenneth Walker are blind? I like I don't you do love you some Kenneth Walker. I love Kenneth Walker. What aren't you seeing? Well, let's Ken- talk okay. about these two players and you know, compare them against each other and decide which one we like better for fantasy. I think we each have our answer. Um, but let's talk about Brees Hall first cuz I do believe he'll be the first running back off the board when it comes to the NFL draft. Yes, he his odds to be drafted as the first uh, overall running back sit at uh, minus 275 on DraftKings Sportsbook. So yeah. uh, Vegas is in agreement that that he's going to be the first guy off the board. But it's really interesting because he's at minus 275. Kenneth Walker's at plus 225. Outside of that, there's not a single running back uh, over 1,500. Yeah, Isaiah Spiller's third at plus 1,500. So it jumps from Kenneth Walker plus 225 to plus 1,500. So That shows you how big the tier break is. And I I think there is one. So that's why right now with these top running backs in this episode, we're just going to talk about these top two guys at the running back position. because, And then we each have a sleeper, actually, that we'll throw in here. But it's not a very deep running back class, especially at the top where you're you can trust these guys in fantasy. But I do think Brees Hall is a really nice option here right at the top. He's 5'11", 217 pounds, ran a 4'39 at the Combine. So super, super fast. Zoop. Yeah, that's that's really fast. He did great at Iowa State the last two seasons. He had over 1,700 scrimmage yards and 23 scrimmage touchdowns in each of the last two seasons. So great, great production there. He's coming out as a junior. So those are two out of his three years that he just put up a great you know, great production. He is a do it all back. And this is why people like Brees Hall more than Kenneth Walker, because he can be used as a receiving back and he can just be given all the carries you want. Like he has the body type to be given 200 plus carries and then also get, you know, maybe 70 plus targets. So he is, he does have the body and the production to be a workhorse back at the NFL level. I think he's likely a late first round pick or maybe he falls into that second round. What do you think his best landing spot is, Kate? So I, I think he's at a really interesting position in the draft because, again, not like a Saquon Barkley where we're projecting him to go top end. This is a guy that could reasonably, very reasonably, and probably will fall to one of these teams with a, you know, a late first, early second round pick. That puts him in conversation for teams like the Jets, uh, Seattle, who we saw them bring back Rashad. <gasps> I know, Michelle, don't. Don't even dare her. Rashad Penny. If they draft a running back A with all of their holes and they hurt my soul with would Rashad be, Penny again. Michelle, would you be surprised? The, no, I won't be surprised I'm not saying I draft, think that but... would be a very bad move, but they do have two picks back-to-back, 40th overall, 41st overall. So I'm just saying that they're in the range and they have multiple picks in that range. What about Houston at number 38? 37. Or sorry, number 37. Yeah. Uh, they obviously also have a ton of holes, but they seem pretty satisfied with Davis Mills. They got Brandon Cooks under contract. They've got him 
sealed up for the foreseeable future. Listen, if they're actually serious about Davis Mills, right? And it's just, it's not one of those things where they're like, okay, let's go with Davis Mills because we love the 2023 quarterback class so much more. We have actual potential here to be a first overall pick next year. Um, let's go with Davis Mills. And if he sucks, we'll be a top three pick and we can grab one of the top guys. If we hit gold randomly on him and he improves dramatically, then cool. We hit gold. If they're thinking that way, then a running back makes no sense, right? But if they're actually thinking of Davis Mills as a true guy that they want to build around, then you should get him like a best friend running back where he can depend on, where you can give the ball to, that he can take a load of the carries and of the work, and it's someone that they can depend on an offense. And they still have two first-round picks to fill other holes. Yeah, so I number, don't hate that. Number three overall, number 13 overall. So those are two high-end picks that you can fill some of the other glaring holes uh you know it, it sort of depends on because they have so many holes how you kind of want to fill those holes yeah. I, you, there's a million ways that you can construct this roster but i do think houston at 37 and we saw some is run, really like, interesting we saw um david johnson have very few fantasy good games but there was a couple and then rex burkhead had a couple really good fantasy days so if you put a truly good talent back there uh, that's coming out of the draft early, that has a production in college, that isn't an, an old guy. I do think he could be pretty productive as a as a fantasy asset in year one, and I think the Jets would be another good spot. Uh, you know, Michael Carter's talented, but I think they can upgrade there, get Zach Wilson, his guy he can depend on as well, uh, take some of the, you know, the... What word am I looking for here? Take some of the pressure thank you like take some of the pressure off of him you're supposed to be my person here when you hear me struggling when you hear me struggling you're supposed to jump in i didn't want to jump the gun uh last team i want to mention because i i think uh this is a team that we've talked about a little bit what about the baltimore ravens they sit at 45 that would be terrible terrible everybody involved i know i don't think Brees hall falls that far but just worth noting that i feel like they're still high enough in the conversation in the second round draft order where we can consider them a potential landing spot for either of these two running backs. This already makes sense to me if J.K. Dobbins' injury looks like he's not going to be even close to ready at the start of the season and maybe he's never ready. That's the concern, though, because we've already heard that they would be open-minded about taking a running back if the right one fell to them. And... This seems like the range. Baltimore Ravens pick 45 overall in the second round. Ugh, I hate that. I, I'm not saying I like it. I would not like this, especially for Brees Hall. Um, I would like the fit a bit better for Kenneth Walker, who we'll talk about in a second. But Brees Hall, who I think just has that more well-rounded pedigree in terms of his receiving ability. I'd hate this for Brees Hall, but I mean, I, I also think that if... Baltimore is truly in the mix for a running back, and Brees Hall is on the board at 45. I could 100% see it. Now let's talk about uh, how early do you think he's going to go and redraft, right? Because anytime we have one of these top-tier rookie running backs, they end up getting talked up so much that they go pretty early in redraft leagues, right? But there's there's not really a lot of spots available that you are like okay he's going to get 300 touches this year right it's probably the texans it's the jets i don't know if there's really any other spots that you feel confident that they're going to get those 250 carries 70 plus targets like so when you're looking at the other running backs that are going in the first and second round you got your jt you got your Najee harris your austin eckler your dalvin cook your derrick henry deandre swift javante williams like the list goes on and on cmc mixon these are all guys that I would want over Brees Hall as a rookie. And then he's kind of would be in the group of Nick Chubb, Leonard Fournette, Aaron Jones, Saquon Barkley, maybe. That's a lot of running backs there that I just mentioned. Like, if he's going to start getting all this hype, where would be the earliest? I I guess it's too early to say because we don't know a spot. But I feel like if he got all, if he's going earlier than the third, like the top of the third, I probably won't have much Brees Hall in year one. Yeah, I I think it, kind of comes back really to the overall um like landscape right now at running back it feels really solid there's no team 
again, outside of like, I, I think Houston's probably the biggest deficiency right now in terms of needs at the running back position. But outside of Houston, there's no real shoe in where th- this guy's going to get 300 touches out of the gate. I would take every single one of those running backs you just mentioned. So uh, Harris, Eckler, Cook, Henry, Williams, Swift, CMC, Barkley, and Aaron uh, Jones. So I would take all of these guys. Maybe over then this Brees is Hall. a good time. After once you get into your rookie drafts, if you play Dynasty, Brees Hall is being named like the 101 of picks, right? Go see if someone will accept the 101 for Joe Mixon or the 101 for DeAndre Swift. Maybe not Mixon. He's getting older and he's only had one good year. But DeAndre Swift or Najee Harris or um, Javante Williams. Like, see what you need to pay with the 101, maybe a little bit more, and, and see if you can get one of those guys for just Brees Hall. One of the trades that I actually think you might be able to get done, uh, like a, the 101 for Alvin Kamara plus. Well, Kamara's going to be suspended. Kamara's going to be suspended, but. No, I, I don't do like that. Kamara's going to be 27. He's going to be suspended. I hate that. He already was kind of up and down this year. Okay. He could be, I mean, what he did. I was he going could be to suspended make, for a bit. I, we just, we have no idea. What's Kamara's age? And, and Dynasty, like, he's going to be 27 before the season starts. Too old. The I love thing, you, but that I, I don't like that advice. Michelle, the thing about Alvin Kamara is that his production has not been contingent. Then go get on, Austin Eckler. Instead of Kamara, go get Austin Eckler. The the thing that I'm saying though is that like Alvin Kamara, you're not really necessarily counting on his rushing ability for his fantasy production. But if you're, you're the one oh one, your team is probably pretty bad unless you traded for it and you just got super lucky that you know, the team that you traded with sucked. But if you have the one-on-one, most likely your team is pretty bad. And in that case, you wouldn't want Alvin Kamara. That's right. If you're in a full rebuild, no. But if you're in a full rebuild, I would still rather DeAndre Swift or Najee Harris or Javante Williams over Brees Hall. So if someone is like super pumped about Brees Hall and they want him at the one-on-one, like I'd be willing to trade that for one of those guys. Yeah. Yeah. All right, let's move on to Kenneth Walker now, the other top running back in this class out of Michigan State. He's 5'9", 211, so a little bit smaller than Brace Hall, but not by much. It's six pounds, right? So people act like... I can gain that in an afternoon. <laughs> Literally. People act like Kenneth Walker is a small dude. He's not. He's not small, and he's a much better pure running back than Brace Hall at breaking tackles with that power, with that burst. One, so A, he ran a four three eight. 40-yard time, so just .01 faster than Brees Hall. But people did not know Kenneth Walker was that fast. Like I, I, knew everyone, he, I knew he was that fast. <laughs> but what is actually crazy is his 1.49 10-yard split. That is absurd. That is so fast, and that shows burst, right? It's how fast can you run those first 10 yards of your 40-yard dash. It takes a second to get going. I can't even imagine what mine would be. I think mine would be the full four seconds just for the 10 yards. What's negative um, <laughs> like i really think it might take me a full four seconds to run they'd the be like this girl's running in reverse yeah like- just to get out of that stance and to get going to get your speed up and to be able to run that first 10 yards at 1.49 seconds can i just say though that crazy. that stance is the worst there's yeah. nothing i hate more than watching any of these nfl players get into the stance for the 40 yard dash it's so uncomfortable looking i it makes my skin crawl i hate it um, and I would not be good at this. No, you would not. I would not be either. You, you I, aren't good at it unless you practice it. But what I want to bring up with this 10-yard split is it does matter when it comes to running back because it shows the burst. It shows how quickly you can get through that hole. You know, sometimes you're playing behind a bad offensive line, and those holes close up real fast. But if you have a running back that can find that hole and get through it, Quickly, it does matter. And those are the home run hitters that we see in the NFL. It's those guys that have that burst. And over the last 15 years, there have only been two running backs that were drafted in the first two rounds that had under a 1.5 10-yard split at the combine. Those two running backs were Jonathan Taylor and Matt Forte. Kenneth Walker can can join that list this week. And he will, right? I think he'll be a top two-round pick. Those two guys were home run hitters because of those bursts. 
And the biggest thing with Kenneth Walker that's kind of knocking him down is the receptions. He only had 13 receptions this year at Michigan State. He was fantastic as a rusher, putting up 1,600 rushing yards, 18 rushing touchdowns, 6.2 yards per carry, 13 receptions. And he had just 19 career receptions in college. And he's a big liability as a pass blocker. Will they put him on the field and – Obvious passing situations, who knows? That's his biggest worry, and that's why he, you know, he's falling behind Brees Hall here in the draft and in fantasy rankings. Yeah, for sure. And I think, it, like, pass blocking specifically, that's one of those skills that, you know, sometimes we'll see uh, running backs hit the field, like, maybe before you really think they're ready to handle, like, a good workload as a uh, NFL running back. But if you are a solid pass blocker, that gets you on the field sooner rather than later. And that can keep you on the field, even if you're not having as much success as a pure runner. So definitely a huge liability. And that's one of the things that like, I, I like Kenneth Walker's rushing ability better than Brees Hall, but Brees Hall just, he doesn't have as many of these deficiencies. Um, like, are they going to be an issue at the next level? Can they be coached? Absolutely. Like, when you're talking about the pure prospect, there it's really hard to find things that Kenneth Walker doesn't have. But he he's not a completely finished product. Yeah. I do think the best – we just brought up Kamara, right? I think the best landing spot for him would be the Saints. Yeah. Because we saw how Mark Ingram worked with the Saints with Alvin Kamara. Kamara can be that receiving back if he wants to be. You know, he's starting to slow down as that rusher. He could still be the receiving back if he's there, if he's not suspended. And then you have Kenneth Walker that can be that pure rusher. You're not counting on him to be that receiver, but he could still be that pure rusher, that goal line back. And I think that would be a great spot for him. Um, Obviously, it wouldn't be like his, I think then at that point, his top, ceiling in fantasy would be like a Nick Chubb where he's never going to be a top three running back in fantasy, but he's going to be that reliable fantasy score. Who's just a really good player. He just doesn't get enough receptions to be one of those top fantasy guys. Yeah. But I, I think the nice thing too about Kenneth Walker is that we don't really know what his ceiling is as a receiver. Like, I don't think there's anything that, necessarily pops up when you watch him like get targets there's nothing that I think is a huge issue it's just like will he get those targets at the next level um was it just a a question of like scheme that they just didn't get him involved as a rusher uh or as a receiver was it that pass blocking that maybe limited him in that sense there are question marks there, but again, like I, I think we don't really know what his ceiling is as a receiver. Let's say he goes to the Falcons, and let's say Brees Hall goes to the Texans. How early are you willing to take these guys in, in rookie drafts in Dynasty? We're going to get into the wide receivers here in a in a little bit, but would Brees Hall be your one-on-one if he goes to the Texans? Yeah, I, I think that's probably... Uh, I'm going to get into my one-on-one in a little bit. It's not Brees Hall, but he would probably be my 102 at that point. And if Kenneth Walker goes to the Falcons, though, I mean, there's some really good wide receivers in this class, so it's hard. And he, but would Kenneth Walker jump into the top five there in the draft? I don't know if he would, because they have so many different holes there with the Falcons that, like, could he come in and automatically see a workload? Yes. The I offensive think line going, is kind of rough. The offensive line is kind of rough. Like you mentioned before, though, he has the burst to maybe withstand some of those offensive line issues. But my biggest question, I think, would be, you know, what is Cordero Patterson's level in, of involvement this year? Do we see him get a big role right away? And what does that look like if he does? Because I have a feeling just based on what we're seeing from this team right now and the so where would you rather him land, the Saints or the Falcons? The Saints. Oh, me too. I decided. Me too. As we just Easily. went through this, I was thinking the Falcons like because he's more likely to get more touches, but I'm with you with the Saints. Now, then if he's with the Saints, does he jump into the top five? Yes. Okay. 
and that we're not talking super flex leagues here. We're just talking one quarterback leagues uh, for those, you know, if you're into Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter, which we might be getting into a little bit here, but let's each say one of our favorite sleepers at the running back position. And then we're going to get into it. The top three, my guys of this draft class after that. So to close out running backs here, my favorite sleeper is James Cook, Georgia running back. He's Dalvin Cook's younger brother, for those of you who do not know. 5'11", 199 pounds. So a little undersized there with the weight. But if he can just put on five more pounds, he'd be fine, right? But 199 pounds, he's probably not going to be a workhorse in this league. He, like, he won't be. But he is really talented. He is just a smaller Dalvin Cook, which is kind of crazy. 442 speed. He has great burst, can cut on a dime. He is just that speedster who's also a really good receiving back. He's also a home run hitter. Um, and once he's in space, like if he gets out into space, like good luck defense at stopping him. I, I believe he'll probably be a late third, fourth round draft pick uh, in this draft class. And his best landing spot would be either the Titans to go with Derrick Henry if they want to lessen his load and kind of have that scat back there. Uh, to take some carries and to be a receiving back. The Buccaneers would be pretty great. Get Tom Brady a true receiving back. You know, they're trying to make Leonard Fournette one, but and it's been okay. Get him a true one. Or the Cardinals would actually be my favorite landing spot. He could be build the Chase Edmonds role immediately and has a higher upside than Chase Edmonds. So I think there's a lot of nice landing spots for him there in the middle rounds. He's a guy I'm keeping an eye on. And if he gets taken in the third or fourth round in the NFL draft, then I'm looking, he would be one of my favorite picks there in the third round of rookie drafts. Yeah, I think that's uh, absolutely fair. The size definitely is a concern. I feel like everybody's sort of looking for maybe that sleeper who can provide upside as a workhorse and I think that's not necessarily what you're going to get with James Cook but with the right kind every time of we say partner, workhorse we drink <laughs> and it's such a hard word to say a workhorse especially when you drink more anyway, the more you say it the more we have to take a sip and then the harder it gets to say every time we say workhorse <laughs> yeah uh it's it's definitely a challenge but I think he has all the right traits it's just going to be a, a I think a question of like scheme fit, like this is a weird thing, but I could almost picture him being like a, um, an Alexander Madison type where you don't actually see him, uh, produce like right away. But when he gets that, you know, that actual work role, you see him. You just didn't say workhorse. So we don't drink. I know. Um, (laughs) I'm actually out of my drink. So that's, that's, I I'm banned for the moment for saying that word. Uh, my sleeper, I'm going with Damian Pierce, 5'10", 218 pounds out of Florida. He's got the body for a guy that could handle he's a... He's got the body. He's got the body for a guy that can handle a decent workload. Or so you would think. Everything you've seen out of this guy in Florida has made you think, wow, this guy should get some more work. But he hasn't. And I'm... So confused about that, okay? Never had more than 106 rush attempts in a single season. Never had more than 15 rush attempts in a single game. Again, has the size. He posted fantastic grades per PFF uh, across the board in running, uh, receiving, and pass blocking. Uh, Just was super, super well-rounded, but again, the work wo- workload was not there. So do I think he has all the traits to be a decent um, three down back at the next level? Absolutely. Uh, his testing wasn't off the charts by any means, but Michelle, you mentioned the 10 yard split earlier, ranked in the 86th percentile there uh, with the 10 yard split, split, has some burst. I think he has enough strength. I think he's just a really solid running back that, he might be drafted as a backup, but if he gets an opportunity in a starting role, maybe due to injury or something else, I think he has all the skills necessary to make it and, and be fantasy relevant. 
Yeah. And this is a guy that maybe one of these teams that have a lot of holes, like the Falcons, like the Texans, like the Jets, maybe they wait until the third or fourth round to take their running back. And this could be a guy who has, he'll, you know, he has competition. He'll have, you'll have to beat them. You can't just say he's going to come in and be the starter, but he's going to have that opportunity. So I, I like that here. He is super talented. Um, and let's see where he lands and we can talk about him more. Let's get into our top, my guys of this draft class that we like, cannot wait to see where they go. And really doesn't matter where they go because we believe in their talent, but obviously a nice landing spot will just make it all that sweeter. Let's jump in. I'm going to start here with my 101. So this is my top guy of all skill players in this draft that I absolutely love. It's Garrett Wilson, wide receiver out of Ohio State. Now, all of our my guys are not going to be this obvious, right? I'm kind of stealing one here. Um, Garrett Wilson is a lot of people wide receiver ones. But the fact that he is not consensus wide receiver one just is bonkers to me. He has been uber productive at Ohio State with a lot of competition there. You know, Chris Olave is another first-round pick who I really like. Obviously not as much as Garrett Wilson, but he had to compete with that guy, and he outplayed him. And Garrett Wilson can be used anywhere on the field, and that's what I love about him. He is an all-around wide receiver. He's a great separator. He's great at contested catches when he doesn't have that separation and actually has a guy drag, like dragging on him. He can go up and make that catch the way he's able to – it just move his body up in the air. The control he has is absurd. Uh, and he can be used anywhere on the field. You know, if you want to put him in the slot, put him in the slot sometimes. If you want to play him outside, he's plenty good enough to separate in the outside. Uh, can be a deep threat, can be a short guy, can be an intermediate guy. I love everything about Garrett Wilson. The way he plays reminds me so much of Stefan Diggs. And there's not a lot of guys in this class that, you know, uh, that – is that all around type of guy that can be that wide receiver one in offense. We have a lot of players that, you know, can be really good deep threats or can be really good slot wide receivers or, you know, they can be good if they just develop so on and so on with contingencies. Yeah. Garrett Wilson is just like, he's ready to go and he can be a wide receiver one for a team. And uh, I, I think he's an early first round pick mid at the worst mid first round pick in the NFL draft. I think a really good landing spot for him would be the Saints. I just don't know if he lasts till pick 16. Probably not. Maybe they move up for him because they do have two first-round picks. Who knows? But I would love that spot for him. A lot of targets immediately with Jameis Winston. We know Jameis Winston has made plenty of wide receivers very fantasy relevant. Or the Falcons could be where he goes off the board. They're that early with pick eight. It's not ideal to be playing with Marcus Mariota, but he literally would be the only wide receiver in that offense worth targeting. So he should instantly be a target hog, which would be really nice. But I love everything about Garrett Wilson, no matter where he goes. Yeah, he's not really a guy like he's uh, the the words that I said was the contingencies. He's a guy that's just straight up like he's a fantastic prospect. No yep. questions asked. Who is your first my guy? All right, my first my guy. Again, we're going back to chalk here. I'm going to talk about Drake London, wide receiver for USC, who everybody, I, I feel like you either love Drake London or you hate Drake London, and it's not much in between. But heading into the NFL draft, he is just 20 years old. He is going to be 21. Uh, 6'4", 219 pounds, has a breakout age in the 99th percentile. So, by the time he started dominating for his respective offense, he was literally a baby boy in a crib, <laughs> basically. I mean, this dude, he's hes shown ability to play on the outside in his final season at USC. Uh, primarily played in the slot before that. Moved him to the outside. He was immediately productive. Unfortunately, his final season ended with a broken ankle. So that's a huge bummer. We didn't get to see him run at the Combine. Um, but if he were to have played all of those games there for USC, he would have, uh, his pace there over his eight games would have had him on pace for 1,600 receiving yards and 10 touchdowns. He's such an alpha dog. He's big. The knocks on him are like, well, he's too good at contested catches. Like, shut up. <laughs> shut up. Where would you love to see him land? Any team that he can be filling an alpha role. 
like my biggest concern for Drake London, and I don't think there is really a huge concern for this because he's not going to fall far. He just needs to to go to a team where he can immediately step in and be that team's number one receiver. He profiles as just like an alpha X dude. Uh, I think he's pro ready. I think he's one of the only wide receivers in this class that I'm going to peg to come in and immediately be able to score like eight touchdowns out of the gate. Like he's, he's just a guy that I think could be immediately productive. It seems everybody's, you know, mocking him to like the jets in particular, but I mean, we talked about the Falcons needing a true wide receiver one, the lions, if they were to move back from two and get closer to that, like six to 10 range, they could be in the conversation for a guy like Drake London I don't really think there's a lot of spots where he doesn't make sense as a fit outside of, you know, the teams that he's not going to last long enough to see in the draft. Yeah. And I I do think even the Jets would be a nice spot for him. Zach Wilson needs more weapons. I think he would be a perfect complement to a guy like Elijah Moore. I like he wouldn't scare me at all with Elijah Moore's fantasy production because I think they help each other. They're such different skill sets. I think they just help each other so much have that space to work that they need with Drake London with people like saying, Oh, he's not fast enough. He watching him. He's like the smoothest dude here. Every time I watch him, he's like, that's just T Higgins out there. T Higgins was stronger where, cause T Higgins, you know, in the NFL, he doesn't come down with as many contested catches as you would like. Like if the guy's on him, it's like, ah, oh, I wish you could be a little bit stronger here with your size. Drake London doesn't have that issue, but he, is as smooth as T Higgins out there. Like they look like the same player. He's so much more smooth than he should be for a six, four wide receiver. He's just such a big dude. He's physical. And that's going to translate to the NFL level. Like if uh, he weren't as physical, you might have concerns that like, okay, so he's not a burner. He's not going to make it downfield, but at least he's got that physicality as a wide receiver. And I just think, Like if I'm a quarterback and I can pick any of these, you know, top five wide receivers and I have to bet my life on it that he's going to catch the first down, I think it would be Drake London for me. Okay. Well, don't do that. Don't don't bet your life on anything. I'm just hoping I don't have to like be in that circumstance. All right. I'm going to go on to my second, my guy. This guy is just like, you know, he's a little bit more of a sleeper. You may not have you know, you haven't heard him as much as obviously Garrett Wilson. It's Jalen Tolbert, wide receiver out of South Alabama. I just love this dude. This, this is a guy that I'm going to have in every league in Dynasty in the second round because I like him more than everybody else, and I'm okay with that. Uh, he's another well-rounded wide receiver. Clearly, that's my type, right? I like a guy that can do a little bit of everything. He's six foot one, 194 pounds. He has long arms. Long arms, 10-inch hands. That's 90th percentile. That's large. Little mitts there that he has. Not little. Big mitts there that he has. I would love to see him go hand-to-hand with Kenny Pickett. That'd be so cute. Oh, my God. His hands would He and his little son. His yeah, he would eat Kenny Pickett's <laughs> yeah. hands for breakfast. But he has a speed too, right? Four four nine speed, thirty inch burst, so he has that burst. Uh, he is on the other side, twenty three years old, and that might worry you. But I think in this draft class, there's a lot of older prospects. The COVID just messed things up with age. Guys stayed another year because they didn't get the show out um, with that COVID year. Their schools had fewer games. They had the extra year of eligibility. So they, you know, there's just a lot of young or a lot of older guys in this class. The reason I'm okay with him being older is because, and for playing him playing with a smaller school at South Alabama, he dominated against this competition. It wasn't just like, oh, he did, he did well, but like the competition was rough. He's older. No, he absolutely dominated. The last two seasons, he has led the FBS in receiving yards, putting up nearly two. 2,600 receiving yards over the last two seasons. And he can just be used everywhere on the field, and that's why I love him. He can be used on the outside. He can be used in the slot. He's a deep threat. He could be used on intermediate routes, on short routes, and take it to the house. And I think he's just a really pro-ready dude, a place I would love to see him to land, which I, I obviously besides the Packers and besides the Chiefs, like obviously we want to see any of the wide receivers land there. But the Bears. I would actually really like him with the Bears because Justin Fields, my dude, your dude, all of our dudes, we love this man, right? At Ball Blast. He needs more weapons. Darnell Mooney's great. 
He needs another wide receiver he can rely on. And I do think Jalen Tolbert is pro-ready to come into any offense and see 100-plus targets, and he's going to help out a quarterback. So I really like him going to a team that just has a wide-open spot like that. The Bears don't have a first-round pick, so and Jalen Tolbert is projected via second-round pick, so that's perfect for them. I, I really lo- love that fit. Yeah, I'm not quite as high on Jalen Tolbert as I know. you. I love Nobody him. is. Nobody but, is. <laughs> but that's okay. And I like I'm sure I'm going to end up walking away with shares of Jalen Tolbert, thanks to you, Michelle. My guy, I want to talk about Desmond Ritter. I'm gonna save my sleeper for for very last. But I wanna give out a shout out to Desmond Ritter because I feel like he's just not getting enough respect uh in terms of being in the conversation for a true fantasy relevant quarterback i i think he's sort of been dismissed and i think a lot of that dismissal comes from uh his pedigree he was a former three-star recruit he was a four-year starter at cincinnati but you know what he like transformed this into a football team like cincinnati was not a football school oh before Elise, our bestie, who uh, loves yeah. Cincinnati, is going to come for you right That's now. That's fine. I, like, I think part of the the consideration here for Desmond Ritter is just absolutely, it, he just doesn't get respected enough. There's so much hype on Malik Willis and his arm. Let's talk about Desmond Ritter, who tested out as a phenomenal athlete, um, just absolutely dominated the NFL combine from 40-yard dash, vertical jump just crushed it the beautiful thing about that too is that we we got to see a lot of that athleticism on the field but i don't think we really saw the full potential of his athleticism utilized in cincinnati's offense so i think with the right scheme with the right offensive coordinator if you are ready to uh you know try to unlock some of his physical traits you're going to have a really great NFL quarterback. Everybody seems to love this guy. He seems to be a good He leader. seems to be a very good leader. He seems to have the locker room under tow. And you know what? He's he's literally just made all of those progressive moves uh, throughout his career that you want to see. Because he wasn't in the conversation for you know a first-round pedigree here when he started out at Cincinnati. He made those improvements year to year. He made them a winning team. And I honestly think, you know, he's got some accuracy issues that I think are his biggest knock. But if you're looking at quarterbacks in terms of like mentality and who's the most pro ready, I think it's Desmond Ritter. Okay. I I clearly don't agree with you here with Desmond Ritter. That's okay. I get though for fantasy wise, right? I get if he gets a starting job, he will probably be pretty decent for fantasy because of his rushing upside. And because of his big playability, I mean, when it comes to big pass plays, he was extremely accurate for whatever reason, because he's not super accurate, but on those big deep passes, he was. Ranked um, 10th in passing yards. At, and somehow, even with the accuracy issues, uh, had the seventh lowest So the Steelers are picked 20, play. right? Yes. Let's say Malik Willis is already off the board. Okay. We clearly never, we, I don't want Kenny Pickett, even if he was in the second round. No. So let's say we're at pick 20. Kenny or Malik Willis is already off the board and we know they're going to take a quarterback, right? Cause both of us, I think agree. We rather them just not take a quarterback at all, but if they're going to take a quarterback and they can choose between Sam Howell or Desmond Ritter, you would rather go Desmond Ritter. Oh, this, like, this is where I'm kind of like struggling here at, in terms of NFL projections. I think, oh, Okay, I mean, Desmond Ritter is the better athlete, and I think he is more refined in terms of, like, his men- – the mental aspects of his game. I think he's more ready to play the quarterback position than Sam Hall is. The, the offense that they ran in Cincinnati gave him a lot of options in terms of, like, adjusting plays at the line. Like, he has experience doing all that, which is fantastic. Um, and you love to see that, that – quarterbacks are able to make those decisions um, in a pro-style offense at the collegiate level because it's going to translate. I, I like... I like. But we're talking about fantasy here, so I think it's okay to say you think Desmond Ritter is going to be a better fantasy player. Let's even I think, say... I think that, uh, let's say, 
I think Sam Howell is probably the safer of the two prospects. See, I think the opposite. I think Redder has a much higher floor, but Sam Howell has a way higher ceiling to actually be. I don't think Desmond Redder is going to be an actually good starting quarterback. Like, I just don't see a world where he's actually a good starting quarterback. I could see him being a starter sooner and being okay. But you like Redder, so that's fine. You like him. I don't. He's a killer athlete. I think he's got. You know where I do like It's not like him? he's suffering with arm strength. It's, do you know where I like him? Where? Seattle Seahawks. And I think he would start immediately. And I think he would actually, with DK Metcalf and Tyler Lockett with the deep threats and then his rushing game and with Pete Carroll, I think he could be a really good fantasy quarterback. And I think he'd be a pretty solid just NFL quarterback. I love Seattle would that be great. fit. And they I have think... two early second round picks if he falls there, or they can use it to move up back into the first round to take him. I would love Seattle to take he Desmond Ritter what visited the Seahawks. They only have thirty visits, right? Desmond Ritter was one of them. And they did not visit with a lot of the quarterbacks. Desmond Ritter was one of the few that they did. So it would be very interesting. I love I that think spot. that Desmond Ritter, uh especially with that surrounding cast Let's say they don't trade Tyler Lockett as they've been rumored to do. This is the kind of offense that I think that Desmond Ritter could go and immediately return fantasy value. Yeah. And I think if they're going to take a rookie quarterback in this class, then you don't trade away Lockett or DK, right? You need you need weapons for your young quarterback to succeed. It doesn't make sense to trade away one of the wide receivers. Um, moving on to my third guy, we're getting a little long here, so we'll keep this short for our last guy. Mine is Sky Moore, wide receiver out of Western Michigan. So yes, all my three, my guys are wide receivers. I don't love the running back class besides the two guys we just talked about earlier. And the quarterback class is just not my favorite. So I went with all wide receivers. Sky Moore though, just super reliable. Like I feel really safe taking him as my guy, which might be kind of a cop out, but he can he's just a super productive, safe player. 441 speed. He's uh, 21 years old, 5'9", 195 pounds. So a little bit on the shorter side, but not at all a smaller guy. He plays big, 195 pounds, plenty big enough at that size. Great agility. He knows how to get open. He knows how to separate. And he's extremely, extremely hard to tackle once he gets into space. Just so elusive. He will instantly be great in the slot, like, Whatever team drafts him, you can plug him into the slot and he's going to succeed, but he can also play on the outside. Like, I don't want to just pigeonhole him and say he's only a slot guy. He can play on the outside if people want, if a, whatever team drafts him wants him to play out there sometimes. You can move him around, which is really nice to have that flexibility with him. When I say that, it reminds me a lot of Elijah Moore. Now, I don't think they're identical type of people whatsoever, uh, but it reminds me of the way where everyone was like, oh, Elijah Moore will be great instantly out of the slot, but you can play him on the outside. And that's kind of how his rookie season was. You know, instantly in the offseason, people were like, oh, this dude can play in the outside. He is good enough. Uh, I think Elijah Moore is a better deep threat, but I do think Sky Moore can be that pos- like possession receiver where just, just talk chuck him the ball 10 times a game and he's going to do something with that and really help out your offense. I I see him going earlier than people expect. He can even possibly be a first round pick in this draft. I could see him coming off the board on on Thursday. If not, then early second round pick. I would love like if the 49ers do trade Debo, he would be a great 49er. He'd be a great Packer. He would be a great Buffalo Bill. The Bills just lost Cole Beasley. You can instantly put him into that slot as a Cole Beasley role, but he can also play on the outside across from Stephon Diggs. Uh, so there's a lot of good spots for him, but I love Sky Moore. He's going to be a really easy second-round rookie draft pick for me just because of how safe it's going to be in PPR leagues. Yeah, I think that's that's totally fair. Uh, I, I definitely think the hype has been continuing to sort of build on Sky Moore. Throughout the the last couple of months, it's getting uh, increasingly strong here. But I, I'm going to give you another sleeper wide receiver, Michelle, and you can stab me in the back over how bad this pick is. Here. No, I like this one. Okay. I don't mind Desmond Ritter for fantasy. I don't. And I don't hate this next guy you're going to talk about either. I get it. Talk about him. Okay. So th- this guy here, David Bell, Purdue wide receiver. There are so many things to like about this guy, but there are so many things to not like about this guy (laughs) that 
but he's one of these guys that I think I am going to end up drafting in a lot of my rookie drafts this year because though you know the testing numbers were not there that is the biggest knock here for David Bell tested out just like historically bad for an athlete just terrible but I don't think that all of these deficiencies we saw in his testing numbers necessarily all showed up on tape. Not the fastest guy in the world, uh, and you're going to know that based on his 40-yard dash time, which was not good at all. He ran a 4.65 in the 11th percentile among wide receivers. Again, not good. But when you're watching this guy, if you didn't, like if I didn't tell you he ran a 4.65, I don't think that's where you would have projected him based on what you see on the field. Again, not a burner, but I don't think I would have projected him to test quite as poorly as he did. He's 6'1", 212 pounds, you know, not super big hands. He's just not a, a prototypical athlete. But it, when it comes to, like, skills of a wide receiver, I think it's really hard to find a guy that looks – maybe as natural as David Bell. He's a great route runner. Um, you know, he doesn't separate based on speed. He he separates based off of uh, his, his route running abilities. He looks really natural uh, just across the board. He's very physical. Um, he plays like a, a bigger dude. He looks smoother than I think you would think. He's just... I, I really like watching him play, and I'm so disappointed that he tested so poorly because if he didn't, I think he'd be in the conversation to, to be among some of these top-end wide receivers in this class. It, I don't know. I, I, he's just he's fun to watch. After the catch, he's, he's, he's just a baller. He's such a baller. Yeah, and I, I do really like watching David Bell. I thought I was going to be lower on him, like – because people, you know, keep, especially on Twitter, they're like, oh, David Bell's going to be a steal. Like, you shouldn't be paying attention to his numbers. It's like, well, you do have to pay attention to his numbers. Like, being an athlete is important at the wide receiver position. But I will say, while watching David Bell, I do think he can play in the slot, right? Probably not win on the outside against these corners. He doesn't have the speed for that. Put him in the slot, and he can find success. Do you know who was a terrible athlete pre-draft? I mean, he doesn't look like a terrible athlete on the field. Again, the but that's also what I'll say about David Bell. Yeah. Is I don't think he looks as poor an athlete as he tests. So, Cooper Cup, Offensive Player of the Year in 2021. I've heard he's good. His combine like stats were garbage. Hey, it's just so incredibly bad. They're pretty much the same height and weight, right? Cooper Cup is six foot one, 204 pounds at the combine. We have David Bell, six foot one, actually 212 pounds. So he has eight pounds on him when you're thinking about these athletic skills. Uh, we had Cooper Cup run a four, six, two, and then David Bell run a four, six, five. So nearly identical. Now Cooper Cup only jumped. His vertical jump was 31 inches. That is really, really, really bad for a wide receiver. You had David Bell jump 33 inches. Still not good for a wide receiver, but it's still two inches taller than Cooper Cup. Um, their broad jumps and their short shuttles, they were all similar. I mean, they weren't good, right? I'm not trying to say David Bell is athletic, but if you're going to compare it to another guy that has succeeded in the NFL, I think you can say he can be another Cooper Cup, who, by the way, fell to the third round likely because he wasn't athletic. And I do think we could see David Bell have that same fall. But if he gets put into a good situation like the Rams and it gets used correctly in the slot where the, his athleticism doesn't show up as much, I do think he can be a very talented wide receiver at the next level. Yeah, like we've talked about Christian Watson and how he is this phenomenal athlete, but we're not really sure where he lies as just like a pure wide receiver. Uh, like David Bell is the opposite of that. I love his skills as a wide receiver, but doesn't have the athleticism and that just raw physical ability. If we could combine David Bell and Christian Watson, you'd have like the best prospect ever. But we can't do that. <laughs> you can't do that. No, no, you can't. Uh, so I, I am a little bit worried about David Bell just because like, he did have a little bit worse um, 
three cone and short shuttle. So maybe can't move as well, isn't as agile as Cooper Cup, which is saying something, but I think he'll be all right. Just get him into a good spot. Like if he goes to the Jaguars, I'm out. I'm not, I'm not touching him. Or if he goes to a team that I have no faith in the coaching staff, no. But he could go to one of these teams like the Packers like later in the draft or the Bills or someone that you trust their coaching staff to actually build them up. Maybe the Steelers. Like We could really use a slot wide receiver and fill the juju role, and he could do that pretty well. Just a reliable guy. Uh, so there's a lot of landing spots where I'm going to be interested in David Bell late, late second in rookie drafts, early third. Uh, I, I think you could do much worse, so I'm with you there. See? I didn't hate on you like okay. Desmond Ritter. Okay. It's only the Desmond Ritter hate. I was stressed. I just don't like the quarterbacks in this class. Nobody does. Nobody does. Now, let me say real quick before we end here, Malik Willis or Desmond Ritter for fantasy? Malik Willis. Yeah, Malik Willis. That was easy. Okay. Duh. Duh. All right, that's it. We are going to be – so the NFL draft is Thursday, Friday, Saturday. I know a lot of you guys have your rookie drafts coming next week, so we are going to try to get an out episode out earlier just to discuss those rookie picks and how we would pick them. Maybe we do a mock draft and just say the order that we're going to do. We'll make it fun, but we will be here to help you. If your rookie draft is before we're able to get the content out, feel free to hit us up on Twitter. I am Michelle. You can find me at BallBlastM, BallBlastEM. And I'm Kate. You could follow me at FFBallBlast. Have just a fantastic time. Eat your face off. Eat some wings. Eat some pizza. Drink you some eat, drinks. Eat your face off, but I don't recommend eating somebody else's face off. You know what? If it's yummy and it has bar, it, not barbecue. Ew! If it has buffalo sauce on it, ew. do it up. Now go enjoy life. Root for Jalen Tolbert to land on a great team because that's all I care about. Talk to you next week. Bye, y'all. Bye. That's it for this week's Ball Blast Fantasy Football Podcast. Be sure to subscribe, leave those five-star reviews, and check out ballblastfootball.com for more league-winning advice.